In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the means to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the World's Most Dangerous Morning Show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. Envy had to snap, step out, but we got the legend here, man. Young Jizzle. What up, though? Pastor Young, what's happening, Big my Snow. brother? Big, Big Snow. Snow. Big That's Snow. my favorite record off the new uh, project, by yeah. the way. What? Yeah, Ooh. Big Snow, man. The reintroduction, baby. You got to let them know what it is. Snowfall is out right now, man. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm in. Like new money. All right. You know? Um, Snowfall is out right now. Shout out to DJ Drama, Don Cannon. Everybody that was involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of them things, man. You know, in your career, you just get the moments where you get to play them great games. You know what I'm saying? And this is one of them, like, you know. I've been doing this for a minute, but it's just like, just I, I just feel rejuvenated, re-inspired. Yeah, I feel like you found a way to give us mature, evolved Jay Jenkins, but still satisfy the core forever Jeezy right. fans with this project. Right. Like, how do you think those dots connected? I mean, I just feel like when you're doing it without any expectations, man, we all know, you know, when you're doing it for, um, you know, if, if, if you're doing it for the number one record, uh, are you doing it for, you know, uh, uh, you know, 
I don't know, shit, what, what's, what's they call it? Uh, Number one on Billboard. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's just yeah, different, yeah. you know what I mean? But when you're doing it for you, and you're just doing what you love, and you ain't even looking at it like that, it's just a different feeling, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's therapeutic for me, because it's just like, you know, it gives me a chance to just keep myself grounded, because I don't been through so much, but sometimes we get so successful with other things, we forget the struggle we go mm -hmm. through. So that just like, you know, tap me on the shoulder, like, hey, don't forget, mm -hmm. you can go back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now for you and DJ Drama to team back up again, how did those conversations happen from the beginning to get you here? I mean, a lot of people don't know me and Drama went through a lot of stuff. Yeah, y'all had a lot of beef. Yeah, yeah, we had serious. Yeah, we had some serious, you know, times. I mean, it was it was real. And I just think with anything, it's just like over time, you know, people heal, people grow. And I'm proud of what Drama and Cannon and Lake and all them doing, man. It's, it's amazing because I, I remember seeing where they came from. And I just think the conversation was, you know, we we it, it, there was growth there. We're both successful, but we love what we do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So let's just have some fun. And it's crazy. We've been kicking it ever since we've been working on the project. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, it's just love because you able to brainstorm with people that are like-minded, that, that are on your level. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That are really your peers business-wise, too. So it's like I bounce ideas off of them, and they bounce ideas off of me. And it's even real. Like, you know, I, you know, real talk. You know, when I say I own half of Atlanta, I'm not capping that's mm -hmm. a real thing and when drama them was trying to get into real estate you know that was a conversation we had and i turned them on to my guy you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. help them now they they probably own the other quarter of it you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so did you, did you see when the, the internet uh went to go look and you know <laughs> cl clearly they don't understand property they don't understand LL llc exactly i'm llc shouting <laughs> man like come on first of all i beat the fed you think i'm gonna let y'all see pull my <laughs> you, know like, you know what i mean but it, it's crazy because you know we we as a culture you right you know you say that and i say that with pride mm -hmm. you know i'm not saying i got a platinum i got plenty of platinum records we all do but a, a goal of mine was to really be in the real estate game and, and be a mogul and, and be for real mm -hmm. and and i've done that you know what i'm saying but it's crazy like you said and it was, it was one of my old houses that i brought my mom like from way back in the day like yeah. the first house i bought her and it was still in my name and that's what it was pulling up <laughs> I, I had to call the lady that did my trust and be like yo get that out my name too that's right before you know somebody tried to sue me and get that it showed but, the um, ignorance though because people don't understand llc they don't understand right, trust you right. know what i mean just like when people say you're a billionaire, they think you got a billion dollars in the bank. That's right. Just sitting there, you know, waiting for you to go splurge with it. Yeah, when I was watching Winning Plays, I really, uh, I noticed that, like, as far as, you know, buying the Lakers and everything, he actually, everything was in real estate. He didn't have a lot of liquid. Right. And that was something that struck out to me because I was like, okay, having all that money in the bank, right, that's not going to increase in value the way right. that having a property can increase or other right. investments right. can increase the value. So just having money sitting, because I feel like sometimes our mentality is we got to stack this money, we got to stack this money, right. we got to have a large bank account. But because right. of inflation and the way that that rate of money grows, it's not the same. So you do have right. to invest. I mean, you, loo you lose money by just holding it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think culturally, you know what I'm saying, even when I was coming up, you know, that was it. You want to fill the safe up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but if your money... It's sitting in the bank or sitting in the safe and it's not working for you it's not it's not doing anything mm -hmm. and that's what we and by the way it's just like i had to build that up you know my credit line is sick you know what i'm saying i you know if anything was to ever happen crazy credit line then also on top of that it's like you got equity that's right you know, i almost own most of my properties flat out because every big check i ever made i put it back into um my 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 properties or my real estate and I just think, you know, you should own something. You know what I'm saying? You should have something because even if you do have a bunch of cash in the bank, 
anything could happen. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, one time I had got into some legal things and I went to go open my safe deposit Rosie. box and they wouldn't let me open my safe deposit box. You know what I mean? Because I had a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And that was real to me. I'm like, damn. You know what I mean? You can freeze my safe deposit box in a bank. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that just goes to let you know that, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, we as a culture, we get a lot of paper, man. And, and that's my position in this game. It's just like a lot of these young cats. And I commend them for doing what they're doing. But it's just like you got to set yourself up for 15, 20 years, 30 years in this game that mm-hmm. you can do other things besides, you know, just run around the world and, and pick up bags. You know what I mean? Because it was an all said and done. You want to sit back, you know, in, at, at a certain age and, like, live life. Right, you know what absolutely, I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, stress-free. So, yeah, that's what I'm on. I want to go back to you and drama. What was what was the beef over and how did y'all fix it? Well, wow. It got real, bro. Mm-hmm. It got really real, like, to the point. The beef was over Drum had somebody that was managing him. And I don't know what it's, I think he was, he might have been from New York. But he was trying to be an artist too. And he kind of got into drama in them ear about a lot of things and just started to build this toxic and toxic environment um, of, you know, he said, she said. And I think Drum, you know, decided they had to go with them because I think at the time, homie might have been their muscle or something like that. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. Mm. But he was like supposed to be the G. And, um, Something happened at a club. I can't really say, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. But yeah, you know it got it got really bad over mm-hmm. time, and I think it was for me. You know, I came at a point in my life where I just kind of like start healing myself. You know what I'm saying? Because I had a lot of trauma mm-hmm. things. So you know, and I just started to work on myself. And I think Dromden was doing the same thing because I saw he start losing weight, working out. You know what I'm saying, and it just like over time, we just kind of came back together when the guy got out of their, um, out of their business, mm-hmm. and we just started talking here and there. And I think it really was Don Cannon, you know what I'm saying, like Don Cannon, because he was always like the, the mediator, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but it was crazy because when it happened, me and Don was cool, mm-hmm. and Don was like, "Yo, drum need," you know what I mean. So we figured it out, but it came back full circle, man, because just like. Even when we did that B-side concert, and I was just like going through all the records and all the things we did, brought back so many memories, man. Cause it's like, damn, bro, we really been through some, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, and it just brought everything back full circle. So I just kind of feel like we both just grew, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And changed our surroundings. I had people around me too, you know what I'm saying? That was, yeah, that was putting stuff in my head, mm-hmm. like, yo, they won't go to war, we going to war. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, we going to war with DJ Drama, Mr. Trapper Die. Like, okay, cool, let's do it. <laughs> I remember back then when I was at Sirius and um, T.I. and Drama was on my show, and so T.I. was like, Drama, tell him you ain't got no beef with Jeezy. He right. was like, yeah, man, I ain't got no beef. Shout out to the boy Jeezy. And we would play that drop all the time, and Drama yeah, was like, that was bad. stop playing that. He yeah, got mad. Right, it was bad. But like, it I wasn't was a game. At, I used to show up at shows, and Tip would be there. You know, he, Drama would be in the room with Tip, and I'd be like, yo, where you at? You know what I mean? Tip, Damn. like, yo, it was crazy. Yeah. But I love Drama, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly appreciative of, you know, just the history we got and, and, and the relationship that we built, because it just feel good to see, you know, your, your partners winning, mm-hmm. like you winning. And you can have those conversations. You know and it's saying? great because you're both thriving, too. Right. Yeah. And I think that makes it right. easier, too, when life's just still going great. You don't need him. He don't need you, right. necessarily. Right. But you bring something for each other, like, to come back together and, and create magic. Right. No, it was, it, it was dope. It was a whole dope process, even making the project. 
it just really felt like I said, like like therapeutic. It was just like, man, like this is what we do, mm -hmm. and it, and it gave me the free range to talk and say what I really felt. You know what I'm saying? As far as like the music, I don't have to dumb it down. I don't, I don't have to like try to be clean. Or, you know what I mean? Like I don't gotta try to make a certain type of song. It's just like this is how I feel. You know, Big Snow. That's it. Yeah, I was gonna ask like you know Michael Jackson, Jeezy, yeah. Quincy Drama Jones, and you know they call me that for real in real life. Michael Jackson, Jeezy. 1,000%. Yo, I swear to God. Who is they? Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> Because I used to be down there hustling when I was young. Okay. They used to call me Bling because I used to come down there, you know, from Georgia when I was young. I used to have the Lexus and the Rolexes and all that. <laughs> that's what they knew me by. And then I started doing music because there was some other cats down there that I was hustling with that was doing music. They were called SOP, Sounds of Profit. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of mocking myself after what they was doing. I went and bought my studio in Georgia, whatever. And then it worked. So they, and one of my partners, it was an SOP, they went to prison and he got out like eight years later, whatever, but I was still going back and forth down there. Mm -hmm. But I'm big now. This is after Trap or Die? After, yeah, after like Thug Motivation? Yeah. Okay, okay. And I go to the hood and that I just sense. pull up in the hood and be there like <laughs> like regular, you know what I mean? On Parkway, where everybody know me at. Word. And everybody come out, he's like, Michael Jackson, Jeezy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a great dancer. Nah, nah, nah. I don't think, think we dance with them diamonds, baby. I would, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? Um, but it, but it, it, it did something to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I would be down there and the people would just show up and they'd be like, Michael Jackson, and it's a real thing. I remember walking through, uh, walking in, in Lauderdale with some of my people and it was like, yo, Michael Jackson. And they're like, what the hell are they saying? <laughs> Michael Jackson, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Shout and out to Fort Lauderdale. Drama Jones. Jones yeah. <laughs> the Fort Lauderdale. I love the record uh, Street Cred, too. Yeah. And you say, you know, uh, they lost your street cred. Right. They say you lost your street cred, so what, man? And I'm glad that somebody like you who's glorified the streets for so long, right. you know, you, you've gotten to the age where you like, you know what? Street cred not important. Like, nah. do you remember the first time you realized that you came to that realization? Oh, man. I really think that when you start walking in those rooms and you try and do business, nobody really care about what you've done on the streets. You know what I'm saying? And then as a man, you know what I'm saying, you shouldn't care about because what people think about me ain't none of my spiritual business. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it just not. But for me, it's just like I don't need validation by what you consider to be real for me to be a real man. Like, let's take the rap and the artists and everything out of that. And a lot of the things I did because I was trying to get validation. I want people to know like, I'm about my issue. I'm going to do this and that. And the last time I got locked up in um, L.A., uh, when that incident happened in in, uh, in the Bay, like, that's when I was really like, man, you got the world. Like, you you successful. You on tour. You doing, you know, 30,000 30, people a night. And you in jail. For what? You know what I mean? I remember everybody calling like, yeah, man, woo. Like, you know, like it's a real thing. And I'm sitting there going like, about to throw my whole career away because I'm, I'm trying to live by a stereotype in the code. Right. <laughs> you know Fair what I'm enough. saying? And, and, and if I do go to prison, ain't none of these people finna send me no money. They ain't finna write me. They, they ain't gonna look out for my kids. Right. Oh, come on, I, I watched right. it. Yeah, they gonna call you It's stupid. funny. And Freddie Gibbs, he said right. he took accountability for the issues right. that you guys had, mm -hmm. and y'all actually ran into each other. Right. What was that like for you? I mean, it was um, the way I look at it. Like, you know, if I got an issue or I, I feel a way about something, I'ma feel it. You know what I'm saying? Not even the emotional part. But when I seen him, it was just like it was love because I never really had a problem. 
with, with Gibbs. You always said that. Yeah, yeah, I always told him, bro, like, you're going to be big. You know what I'm saying? Minus me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to hold you back. But I just think at it, it, it times when we want that instant gratification, we don't understand, like, this thing takes time, you know, for you to be great and you to come into your own. So when I saw him, it was just more like, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see you moving. I'm glad to see you coming into your own. You know, I'm hearing the music. I'm seeing what you're doing. That's what's up. I told, like, I'm like, I told you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just dapped it up and, 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 you know, chopped it up for a minute, exchanged numbers. And it was love. And it's just like, when you really go back and look at it, you know, that process had to happen. But I just think, you know, you know, like I said before, just like when you have trauma and you come in from situations and you really don't know how to communicate, you know, it's always going to be that when it comes to what expectations are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like, you know, a lot of the incidents I ever had in music or in business is because there was poor communication. Right. And I feel like if we would have hopped on the phone and chopped it up way earlier, he mm-hmm. told me how I, he felt, I told him how I felt, and we can agree to disagree and then be like, all right, cool, well, mm-hmm. we can still get money and still do music and, and keep this to ourselves. Um, you know, I felt like that would have been the way, but I think we both kind of walked away from this. Like, he's a better artist person, and, 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 and I have a better understanding for, you know, dealing with artists and people now. Just like, you got to let people have a room to feel how they feel. Yeah, it always seemed like he took it personal, but for you it was just all business because all you ever said was Freddie was just upset because he didn't pop with you. He didn't pop off right. with you. Right, yeah. and, and the thing was, everything ain't the right mix, though, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, every everything, you know, everything don't just go together. So sometimes you got to try something different. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel no way about that. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to be successful. You know what I'm saying? And just like, that didn't work, but the YGD thing did. You know what I'm saying? So it's just how it works. But at the end of the day, I just feel like that was what was supposed to happen for him. He sees that now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I hope that he understands going forward. Because I had that happen with me with Nas when the hip-hop was dead thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I flipped out because I thought he was talking about me. I'm like, hold up, man. You know, because I'm winning now. You're talking about hip-hop dead. It's a whole conversation. So when I said what I said on the radio and, you know, I was spazzing and flipping out. You know what I'm saying? Because I could have called him. Mm-hmm. You know, he called me. Mm-hmm. Hey, King, I can understand your frustration. Uh, but let me just tell you, you know, my perspective. And when he explained it to me, calm and cool and collective, I'm like, damn. All right. right. So that just made me think. So when Gibbs called me with the, uh, I'm just like, bro, we, we just got to sit down and get in the same room so mm-hmm. we can figure this out. That was my thing. So that's why I never took it personal. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, I want to go back to the street cred record because you said something about, you know, the stereotypical things that they think a man should be. Right. I find that everything that they tell us they want us to do to be real always is, is something criminal. <laughs> you got to do I something agree. criminal. I agree. You got to die. Yeah. You got to go to jail. <laughs> or kill somebody. You got to do 10 years, don't tell on nobody. Like, yeah. all that. I mean, look, man, to each his own. I mean, I just always believe in integrity, values, and morals. I have that, you know, and I can't speak for another man uh, they ain't my place, but it's just like, I'd be damned if I did all this to get out of that, mm-hmm. to do that again. You know what I'm saying? It, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's just almost like, you know, becoming a millionaire, living beyond your wildest dreams and just going to spend and give all your money away to be back in that same position. It doesn't. It just doesn't make logical sense. Mm-hmm. You're doing this to get out of your environment, to put people on, and then you're getting caught up in the stereotype of, but I still got to be a real one, and then you go mm-hmm. out here and you put yourself in prison, and ain't nobody looking out for you. You know, you go out here and you get killed, 
And ain't nobody taking care of your kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And everybody I seen try to keep it real. Look what happened. Look what happened to Dolph. Right. Look what happened to Nip. Look what happened to, to um, uh, Bankroll. Look what happened to Dovey. Mm-hmm. You know, look what happened to B&D. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. because of that. I'm going to be real with them. You got to be real with yourself, man. You know what I mean? I, that's one thing about it, but I ain't living for nobody but me and mine. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You know, you and your deathbed, you sick right now. The people that really rock with you and love you, they're going to be there, bro. Do you feel like you got a responsibility being that, you know, you were the mouthpiece for the streets for so long. Right. You know, probably encouraged a lot of brothers to do the wrong thing. Do you feel like a, you have an obligation to, you know, encourage them to do the right thing now? Um, well, I always felt like what I was doing was right because I was always talking about motivating the thugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I told them when I came in the game that I was corporate thugging. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. You see it, corporate <laughs> thugging. You the see cognac. it. Mm-hmm. The cognac, mm-hmm. the water. Shout out to Nas, shout out to Defiance Few. But I think that my position in this, you know, people always ask me, what's your position? What's the uh, Mount Rushmore? My position in this game is just to continue to lead by example because I'm one of the very few that did what I said, and everybody knows that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows that I put in my work. Mm-hmm. But I continue to evolve without having to have um, any type of validation. So for me, it's just like the more that I can evolve and grow and show people, like, you can do this and still be who you are, um, that's that's my responsibility because mm-hmm. it's almost like, well, she gonna go if you coming from the street and you rapping. You supposed to just right. stay there. Right. You know what I'm saying? 10, 15 years in it, you still thugging. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like, so it's almost like, nah, you go out, you, you can own a company. You can buy a business. You can buy real estate. You can still look like this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't got to change up who you are just to do what you do. So I feel like that's more so my responsibility than anything because it's almost like I opened the door for them. I was Mr. Trapper Die. I didn't close the door when I came in. I didn't lock the door. Most of these cats that you see are really coming from the streets. But if you ask them who they saw do it first, it would have to be me. Mm-hmm. Who else came from where I came from that you saw it in real time and got to where they at? So at the end of the day, I, I do have a responsibility to keep, you know, that's why you don't see my name in no bullshit. I'm grown as hell. I, don't, mm-hmm. you ain't about to, I ain't about to be in no blogs. I ain't about to be, you know what I mean? I ain't about to be mm-hmm. in the wrong spots. Because that's, I'm a man first. Mm-hmm. And your philanthropy, you did the snowball. The snowball, yeah. Shout out to everybody. You raised almost a half a million dollars uh, for inner city youths, inner city kids. And then not even that, I just really wanted to bring, you know, my relationships in a room uh, and put them all together so people can rub elbows and make contacts and network because I know a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? I always was taught that you got no different types of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. some of my homies who um, who 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 couldn't be in those type of rooms, they had an opportunity to do that. Some of those people that I know that are millionaires, billionaires, that don't understand the culture get a chance to see it now mm-hmm. and go like, wow, I never know you guys were doing this. My banker friends was talking to my, you know, uh, to my industry partners about loans and different things and everybody wanted to come back next year and do it bigger, but, you know, that's that's what it's about. You know, right. putting everybody together. You know what I'm saying, and and, and continuing to grow. I love uh, the record King's Crown too. Yeah, that's a real one. Man. And you yeah. said one line that stood out. You said uh, just last week you called Shake twice. Yeah. In reference to Chris Lighty. So I was like, damn. After, after all these years, right. still hasn't hit you that he's not here. I mean, yeah, man. But like Shake saved my life, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He made me feel like I could do anything, and I just kind of feel like 
he saved my life and I did everything but save him. Mm. And that bothers me. But you didn't know what was going on with him, though. I didn't, man, but it's just like how, you know, you hear about suicides and things like that in, in the world, but then you got to really think about when you know somebody with so much life, so much to live for, mm -hmm. lit up any room, was always happy, always popping his shit. Like, you know how Shake was. And it no, was I just, never knew. Oh, you never knew Shake? Nah, I never knew. You know, like, bro, he was, he was, he was, he had an aura around him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could be down. Shake come around. He, hey, man, get it together. You know, he, Oakland, yeah, you Oakland kid. Successful, so many people relying on Right, right. And, and, I just, I couldn't fathom that. You know, I don't think a lot of people know, man. I laid in the bed almost two weeks when when when, when that happened to Shake. Like, I couldn't, Dang. I just couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like he left me alone, but I, I had to really snap out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I want to make him proud. And, and, you know, a lot of that had to do a lot with me and Ross figuring out our differences. Because mm -hmm. I know if he was here, he wouldn't want that. Mm -hmm. So I had to, you know, man up there. Like, okay, I was wrong here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I took with you, you know what I mean? So we had to really sit down. But that was more about, like, damn, like, bro, I want to see us out here going back because he signed me and Ross. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and man, sometimes I just, but then that's why every project I ever done, I give him executive producer credit on every product, project I done ever since he passed because he, he, he always told me if you got the club, uh, the streets, and radio, you got a hit. Mm -hmm. And that's always been my formula. And, uh, you know, he also made me feel... You know, like a superstar when I wasn't there yet, and I always keep that that part with me, man. But you know, sometimes I do find myself like saying things to him, and, mm -hmm. or if I make an accomplishment, I'd be like, "Boy, you see, you see what's going on, right?" You know that type of thing. So, yeah, he's he's a big, big part of my life, bro. When you think about wanting to call him, what are the, the things that are on your mind? Well, two, how I should like, cause Shake was somebody I could like sit down and like, you know, talk about how I'm moving. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong mm -hmm. as far as, like, morally for me. Because he used to tell me, we used to talk, and, and it might be things that I wanted to do, and he'd be like, man, that ain't with Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I have to bring myself back. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of it is, look where I'm at now. Look what I'm doing. You know, look how I'm living life. Like, you know, I'm happy. I'm peaceful. I'm zen. Like, I'm not even around here. Like, you know how I go. I come in here 100 deep, you know right, what I mean? Right, like, right. like, like, what's my man name? Like, baby. All three of y'all. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't that. It's just love, man. It's just like, and, and I just know he proud of me, you know? And I just want to you know how much, you know, it mean, meant to me that he was in my corner. And you know? said he signed you and Ross. How come he don't get more credit for that? Because I always feel like Jay and L.A. Reid get that credit. I mean, you know how that go. Um, they, 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 they the top of the chain, but like, mm -hmm. But like, they would say that Kevin Lyles and L.A. re-signed me. Mm -hmm. But Shake Shakir was the one who told L.A. Mm -hmm. I'm in the streets every day. Like, Jeezy the real deal. Okay. And then when he went in, he called me. He's like, I got this guy from Miami. I want you to meet him. And then I'll be damned. It was Rick Ross. You know what I'm saying? He signed Rick Ross up there. And there's a couple more people that he signed. But, he, you know, he was, he was very influential when it came to L.A. Reed. Because that was L.A.'s guy. Mm -hmm. So he kind of listened to what Shake had. Because he wasn't in the streets mm -hmm. of L.A. But Shake was. So when did Hope come in the picture? Because, you know. Oh, man. Hope came in the picture. Uh, Hope came in the picture. Kevin Lyles signed me. Kevin Lyles, L.A. re-signed me. And then Kevin Lyles called me two weeks later and said, uh, 
I just want to let you know I'm going. I'm not going to be there no more. I'm going to Atlantic. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Damn, you know what I'm saying? Damn. Yeah, two weeks. So now I was sitting in the barbershop. I'll never forget <laughs> in the hood. I was like, damn. Because, you know, Kevin Lyles was the guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you like, now what? Right. And there's like a new president coming in. I'll never forget. I was walking in Def Jam maybe about a month later. And there's like a little, little alleyway in front of it. But you're not supposed to drive in the alleyway. They have it blocked off like with like uh, these metal things. And I remember there was a Maybach right in front of the uh, in front of the building where you're not supposed to park. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sitting at the Def Jam counter giving them my ID so I can go upstairs. And I see the door open and I, I look back and I you know continue to do what I do. And then I just hear somebody say, "Yo, Jeezy." And I look back. It was Hov mm-hmm. getting out of Maybach. Mm. He's like, "Come on, just come up with me. We can go upstairs." He's like, "Yeah, you know I'm the new president, right?" <laughs> It's like whatever you need, I got you. I was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, was like, I love Kevin Lyles, but goddamn, you know what I mean? And the first thing I'm thinking in my mind, like, I gotta get a record out of, uh, out of home. I gotta figure this out. So, immediately. Right, immediately. That was like my first thought. Like, me with a record with Jay-Z, but nah, it was dope. And I remember reading uh that Jay said he told you that Thug Motivation was a classic. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. And then I just remember. I didn't, because I had a lot of survivor's remorse then, mm-hmm. so I, I, I really didn't, like, you know, I anything anybody said to me, I just really didn't take it for what it was, because I was still dealing with my demons, trying to figure mm-hmm. things out. But when he called me when I dropped USDA, and he was like, you're a certified CEO now, like, you've you, you, you done something outside of yourself that was successful, I took that to heart. Because mm-hmm. it was like, USDA did a half a million records, and them like my homeboys. You know what I'm saying? Flick, pull the blood yeah, right, right. yeah, so I'm like my partners, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it still did a half a million records. And I was like, damn. So that really resonated with me. Uh, I think the motivation, 101 being a classic, to me, really resonated um, when I got to the recession. The album, The Recession. That's the third one. Yeah, because before that, I was dealing with what I had going yeah. on mentally. And when I woke up one day, I was just like, you know what? I ain't in j- I ain't in prison. I'm still free. I'm successful. I'm gonna go be a superstar. Mm. And that's when I just started. I started, you know, working on myself, uh, you know, eating right, going to the gym. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's it went a big deal. right, right. It went from it went from all the gangsters being in the front row to ladies being in the front row. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Throwing panties and bras. I'm like, damn, I ain't never going back. You know what I mean? <laughs> And um, different vibes. Different vibes, and 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 then I was able to be like, damn, like, and then that's when I started getting back in my one on one bag, and I would start doing the songs a lot. I'm like, damn, these songs ain't going nowhere. Hell no. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They weren't going nowhere because you know you do your first album and you get to about your third, fourth album, you don't think that you know your first right. album is gonna be as significant that's because classic. you got better songs mm-hmm. in your mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back and I'm still doing Trap or Die, and I'm still doing. Uh, uh, soul survive and uh, and uh, go crazy, go crazy, and bottom like, of the map. Right. And I'm like, yo, this oh, ain't going man. nowhere. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, damn. But the crazy thing about it is, you know how we do. We don't give you your props until way later on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, everybody act like it was regular when it came out. That ain't true. <laughs> now I ain't gonna let you sit in and tell that lie. Now you ain't gonna sit in and say there was nothing regular about Thug Motivation 101. Everybody knew what that was. But as far as, but you got to understand too, a lot of my time I was like in Atlanta, so I was around like my peers or people that I knew. Yeah, because in New York to see how big it was and we didn't embrace 
When it felt like it was the soundtrack to Atlanta for that moment. It felt like everything that was happening in Atlanta, wow. Trap or Die, Thug Motivation was wow. the soundtrack to it. Well, I think, I, yeah, Trap or Die for sure. But that's the thing, though, because I was making music based off what I was really doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? How I was really living because I was under the impression that at any day I can go to prison. You know what I'm saying? I'm like waiting on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I was just putting everything I had in the music and it was what was actually going on at the time. And I think that's why I resonated because I would say stuff that I did last night and somebody saw that. Mm -hmm. I seen him in Magic City doing this. I seen him in traffic riding that. And I just think it really resonated. So it was like, it was a soundtrack for sure. I wonder why they never, why they never used the lyrics against y'all. Man, I I'm, thank God they yeah, didn't. Right. I mean, thank God, I know. I know. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I know that. that. That's why I didn't want. What you trying to do? I didn't say it. What you trying to do? I didn't mean it like uh, that. Allegedly. allegedly. Oh my God. But, but it just was, you know, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's he does have to go, they're saying, because he has to be somewhere. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. But listen, B-Side, so is that a whole tour that you're doing? Or just, I know you did Atlanta, you're doing Detroit. Yeah. What's going on with the B-Side's concert? I mean, it's just something that I really been wanting to do because because, like I said, when I went through all those records with Drum, um, you know, I, we just got so many. I and mean, this is before any albums. You know, we had to go almost through 300 songs. And these are songs I never get a chance to get because of the uh, way, uh, you know, I'm touring or doing shows. And um, it's just like a lot of them songs are my, like, favorite. You know, like Air Forces 2 and Jeezy the Snowman and all that. So I get a chance to do them. So mm -hmm. it's like a breath of fresh air for me. So I know we're going, we're going to be in Detroit tonight. Um, for B-Side show, so that's going to be lit. Um, and then I think we in Miami the next day, <clears throat> and we're going to keep it going. I think Philly just hit uh, B-More. So, I mean, you know, I'm just going to bounce around with it. But, you know, more importantly, that snowfall out right now. Cla you know man, it's, it's really good, man. Yeah. I, I got to ask one more question. I got Absolutely. a bunch more. But you, a couple times on the project, you talk about your cousin setting you up. Right. And you said you back in your auntie house, but auntie stealing from you? Right. You think auntie stealing from you? I, I had one that got me. And not stealing. Oh, not the auntie I met. Not, no, no. Oh, no, okay. No, no, no. Oh, right. No, no, I was like, mother. man, that now, hurt. Matter of fact, she used to hustle with me. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> yeah, we used to get money together. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. I had other people that you might, you know, my uncles them stole my bonds before. You know, yeah, what yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. I had some cousins that you know hit me up for a Nina or two. You know mm -hmm. what I mean, in the attic. I had some, you know, aunties that you know take a little bit out of there and keep it for themselves and whatever. Um, and when I say my cousin said I'm my cousin, like that, that actually really happened. You know, shout out to my cousin Goldmouth. A lot of people don't know. Like, Goldmouth did 10 years. You know what I'm saying? He did 10 years in the feds. Mm -hmm. And he's not, he wasn't even a criminal. He was just my cousin. And he would do it, you know, anything for me and with me. And, you know, one of our cousins, who's supposed to be our big cousin that we looked up to, um, you know, that we was kind of, you know, you know, whatever with, um, was the only one that knew what was going on. And, 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 and he, 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 you know, he did the unthinkable. Right. And, and, and I, you know, I never forget Goldmile told me, like, cuz, like, I was um, one car next to you, and I could see you in the driver's seat. And he said, all I had would have had to do was been like, yeah. And he said, I just remember you riding off, and I rode off, and um, this is a cousin that wasn't a criminal, and he had to go do, you know, 10 years. And, you know, it was just like, you know, I couldn't believe that somebody who's supposed to love us and be our big, you know, like yeah. big homie would, would do that. But it also taught me about how life is. And when you deal with people, man, if it's, and that's why I say just live for yourself. 
don't live for these people, man, because if it's you or them, it's always going to be you. Mm -hmm. They're going to throw you under the bus. They don't care. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, shout out to Goldmine, because if it wasn't for Goldmine, there would be no Young Jeezy, Big Snow, Mr. 17-5, you know what I'm saying? None of that. Because it wouldn't have never happened. You know, I probably did them 10 and, and, and still been there. You know, like still been in the streets. So shout yeah. out to them. Yeah. Man, I got a million more questions, man. But yeah. you know, snowfall out right Snow now. Snowfall out right now. Uh, shout out to the Breakfast Club. Um, you know, y'all know what it is, man. Get it, get it anywhere music is at. Absolutely. And uh, holler at your boy when you see me in the street. You know what it is. Big Snow. It's yeah. The Breakfast Club. Yeah. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.